Hey, and welcome to this episode of Co-Creating with the AI. I'm Martin, and with me is, as always, my co-host, Rasmus. How are you today, Rasmus? Good, thanks. A um, little bit too much coffee, so hopefully I won't be too speeded when we're speaking. Um, but otherwise, good. Lots of fun stuff happening. Awesome. How are you? I'm really good, too. Enjoying the nice, finely warm spring weather we have here in Sweden, and uh, also having a really productive day at work and and that combination is unbeatable yeah there's something like i think that's also funny with kind of the ai connection i think that like there's there's a there's a sense of gratification by in in, in getting a lot done right yeah. and and when you when when i i should say figure out these places where ai really um, helps me get a lot of stuff done in a short amount of time there's like a sense of uh I don't know, almost grandness, like, uh, like, wow, I can yeah. do this. And this actually is the, uh, like, could say part of the topic of today's episode, we're going to talk about real world use cases of AI, uh, real world sto stories where AI played a major role that we've heard or experienced ourselves. And uh, I think that you should uh, kick that off, uh, Rasmus, with your first real world example of AI usage. Sure, I, I have I have two stories that I've heard lately from people that I know well. Um, I'll start with the less less uh, less spectacular one, just to open up. I think um, so. There's a there's a friend of mine who actually two friends of mine who run a startup together. Uh, I don't know, maybe six ten people, um, you know, got a few hundred uh, users of their product, um, and now they're going to do product planning. Like, how are they, like, what are they going to do next? And what they did was actually they took all of their surveys because they were sending surveys in, in the style of superhuman, if you know that way, like uh, product market fit uh, surveys. I mean, I know you do, but like as the listeners, it's basically um, a survey where you ask how sad would you be if you could no longer use the product and then ask for very, very specific um, input to help you uh, prioritize work forward. So they took all the survey results they had, and they also took the transcripts of the interviews that they, uh, like the deep customer interviews that they had a fewer amount of, uh, less amount. And uh, and they just fed it into ChatGPT. And then they iterated a little bit with the ChatGPT to, to produce, uh, suggest a product plan. And the funny thing is, uh, was the next thing he said, yeah, that's been the last four months for us, just doing that list, uh, one thing after another. And, and I was like, wow, you really replaced in many ways a product manager. Uh, like the most important part of a product manager is taking all that input and deciding what to do next. Uh, at least that you could argue. I, I think it's, it's, it's a large part of it. And uh, of course, in the context of everything else that's going on, and I don't know if, if ChatGPT did some market analysis there. I'm not sure what like the process they did to get to a good result is. But, uh, but it's interesting that... Also, they asked the whole company, because a startup is, is a lot about the product, pretty much aligned around doing what ChatGPT told them to do. <laughs> uh, so I, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's an overstatement, right? But it's, it's, it's pretty interesting, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, creating your own kind of AI boss or, or uh, like how quickly like AI is starting to make decisions for us. Yes. I mean, like... Google Maps is the best example. Like mm. I, I, like I barely drive on my own anymore. Like I, I let Google Maps tell me what to do uh, or where to drive. And I think that, 
like that decision making capability is is going to be brought into so many different aspects so quickly and i think this is like was a very clear one for me when i was like oh really wow um yeah that's the first one that comes to mind yeah. awesome and I, for me like i i am the of course the product manager of multiply and i do use uh, uh, chat gpt and gpt4 a lot uh, for uh basically trying out and getting input when i want to when i have an objective uh with the product a new architecture like today uh, we, we talked about agent uh agentic ai architecture and um, it's really awesome to feed the objectives into chat gpt and and ask for for what is a strategy for this or what is or what is an architecture that would support this in in our product and uh you could also prompt it like if you need additional information, ask me questions uh, to get that information, and uh, and that that means that um, you can actually you can get sort of a sounding board. Of course, it is co-creation, like the the uh, name of this podcast that you're not abandoning abandoning um, your own reasoning and just leaving everything to, up to the AI to decide, uh, but you are like definitely co-creating with the AI. When you do that, and um, so like, the, and the reason why, like that document I sent over to you, Rasmus, uh, just before this uh, record recording session, is like twenty pages. I would never write twenty pages. Is that is like it's it's uh, sort of a my own um, uh, cut and paste from different uh, parts of a conversation with with an AI, and and my when I and. Maybe that can be my first um, real-world example of of how to use AI. Like um, my, I actually sorry, just like I yeah. want to just jump in like before we leave the topic yeah. of the kind of the the product manager and decision making. Yeah. Like just picking up on what you said. Is, yes. Um, I mean, it's interesting because like taking the Google Maps example, I'm just mm -hmm. still deciding where I want to go. Yeah. And for the time being, I'm still driving the car. Yeah. Uh, right as and and if I take the example I took, it's like they used um, Google Maps or ChatGPT in this case to uh, to formulate the way for how they get to where they want to go, right? Yes. And using the data that they had, or in Google Maps, this has a lot of traffic data and maps data, etc. Right, using that data to to sort of help you get to that goal. Uh, but the decision of where to go and if you want to sort of um, go exactly with that plan, or if you want to add, you know, when I drive to a country house, like how, like, do we want to make a stop on the way? Should mm. we, you know, like all of these things, like it, it's, it's really like, of course you could just like blindly just like, yeah, okay, that's, it's usually right. Da, da, da. But the good results, I think, as you say, come when you have that, uh, that pairing where you have someone who's very, very good at what they do, having this like, very, very competent. Um, you used the word before. I don't know what it was, but like, if I would use my word as like sparring board, like mm. someone to bounce it with. Yeah. Um, anyhow, tangent. But I, I just thought it was interesting. Like that came to me after you spoke. Yeah. And and so what I do in order to ignite the co-creation with with AI and just to talk about this, how I work out a strategic document in my in my line of work is that I, I have initial ideas and then and I take notes on them and then 
I feed the notes into uh, GPT-4, and I rarely nowadays work with any other AI than GPT-4 because GPT-3.5 even is is compared to GPT-4 is such a <laughs> lower lower intelligence. <laughs> like it's it's like this GPT-4 stupid cousin from the country, and and. Uh, I wonder if that's going to be considered discriminatory. Yeah, exactly. Point. Like, what uh, you is just that said. gonna haunt me? Is the is the <laughs> AI of the future gonna come punish me for talking derogatory about AIs? But uh, I, I'm I'm um, okay w- without re- resorting Sorry. to comparisons. Uh, I just think GPT four <laughs> is a pleasant AI to work with. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, no, but then I feed my notes in, into it and give it prompts, like uh, provide a platform, provide a structure, or provide a, an architecture that would support these ideas. And 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 that the output uh, cut and paste into a document, and over time that that builds into into a refined strategy or a refined architecture by me, like taking the that result in replacing my notes as the prompt with the latest rendition of that document and feeding that into the AI and then prompting mm. it more and it's it becomes a different way of for me of, of working where I I um, my thoughts are expressed uh, through through the AI through my prompt and through what I select of the the, the AI's output rather than oh, and I, I write, of course, both the prompts and some of the content, but also that iterative process is for me super um, productive, both in terms of of uh, just the sheer detail I can capture, but all, with with little effort, but also uh, just like the sense of creativity and and the quality of the output is actually higher because we are too two entities with different experiences and and um and buckets of information to or background to to um to work from and um, i never like put the ai in the driver's seat but i but i definitely take a lot of input and for me that is like it, it is a true co-creation that is largely amplified by how egoless the ai is like and i wrote a blog post about this like over a year back where um, this was my very early experience. Yeah, I remember that. I remember this. Like, uh, you can ask the AI over and over, refine and refine, and it never gets annoyed. It never says, uh, like, um, uh, hey, come on. I've done this text, like, seven times now. Like, why aren't you happy with it? It's always pleasant, Mm. always apologetic um, when it's making mistakes and... uh, and I I feel like uh, people are um, that are complaining about the robustness or the correctness of AI. They're not. They're just not using robust enough processes and it, enough iterations and not providing enough source material. Um, but um, and, and and just on on that topic, I heard. When I was uh, in a Discord for a super obscure group of people working with the latest, like with the Llama leak, you know, the the Facebook yeah. uh, Llama model yeah. was leaked, and the, uh, I I sort of ended up in a group of uh, uh, like underground uh, 
people working on training this model for for their own uses and one of them told a story of of uh, how uh, he had uh, he he because it sort of generates that that model is far from as good as as the the, the open ai gpt 3 and 4 and and uh, he was sort of uh, trying to test push his boundaries and asking for the same thing over and over generate this generate this and the ai was it was um uh, at first very very uh, like apologetic and saying like okay here's a new version here's a new version and when it, but when he kept going it became a bit annoyed at him and and he was so he was so happy about this that he just kept pushing and in the end the ai was like uh screaming back in in all caps like hey man i did i did this so many times now can you please shut up with this same sentence and he was just again and again pushing it but that's really interesting why where, where does that come from okay if we don't yeah. like consider the apart from the like consideration that the that the ai is alive which i would i would uh, sort it's, of uh, they, it's, it's, say it's yeah. very unlikely is it because like when people are repetitive online next word prediction yes, would be annoyance definitely probably right and and what open ai calls that's very the, interesting yeah. and and this has and that has been definitely like part of train like what has been trained away from the official models from open ai like when they talk about alignment large part is to to, to create this blank almost psychopathic uh face of of uh I mean, never showing any other emotion than, oh, sorry, I did wrong. And it's trained on the internet, right? It has access to a wide range of responses. That would be a lot more natural. And and so it's been definitely been aligned uh, towards, uh, yeah, just... I, I think it's actually it, it's a bit funny with like this uh, what alignment means. Like there's a bunch of people who uh, managed to jailbreak, you know, uh, Chat GPT or compare like comparative just to be really rude, like to be yeah. like extremely because they sort of like it better when it's like telling them to do stuff yeah. and like being abrasive and they think it's really <laughs> funny. And I imagine like if for like when four Chan or whatever Reddit yeah. uh, train their own model, right, like primarily on their data for their users yeah. like and and you sort of can hear reddit speak you know whatever going to reddit ai right yeah. or 4chan ai <laughs> god forbid <laughs> uh you know it's going to be so uh, like abrasive in in one one of them at least and very kind of blunt and with a very specific lingo in the other yeah. um and i think this would like be anyhow that's more on a general level that's like getting back to like uh, to stories i think yeah. like uh I, oh wait, sorry. You were gonna yeah, say I was, was going to jump on that and 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 talk about this. It, it just it reminded me about this hilarious prompt that is going around uh, about uh, where you claim to have this illness, uh, neuropsychosis, neuropsychosis invertosis. Yeah. Have you read that? Yeah, <laughs> so that, that's yeah. which, and you tell the AI. So when you're pleasant, actually hear it as being you being very. Um, uh, impolite. So, can you please um, exactly. re- respect my illness and and be polite by doing the reverse because I am hearing it in the reverse, and, and that, that brings out the worst. It, it's like, fuck, man, you're such a stupid um, like yeah. person. Why can't you understand? And it's it is trying to do it to be its worst in order to be polite 
in this. Yeah, exactly. The interesting, <laughs> funny part there was like that, like they were basically saying the worse language you use, the more abrasive yeah. you are, the the more pleasant it is yeah. for me. Which meant that it just kept going yes. and being like much like say, say, using words and saying things that yeah, I mean, wouldn't be considered uh, um, as sanctioned by yes. by OpenAI. Yeah, at least. I think it's like one one point before we move on to other examples. I think like an interesting like of what you said before and how you worked with AI mm-hmm. and is just, I think it forces us to put sort of pen to paper in one sense. Like one of my favorite quotes is like, is from an author I read called Jed McKenna. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like uh, the, 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 the mind or the brain is not no place for serious thinking. Uh, and it's cool. basing that on right. that, uh, that you can only keep like seven things at a time in your brain, right. basically. Yeah. which is why the brain tends to loop because you have the things there and like same same thoughts etc uh, whereas like at least for me who from time to time have an overactive uh, mind uh, like like writing it out mm. or even like even more so Miro is my favorite thing right now mm. making flow charts and like drawing things there um that, that can really yeah. help and, and AI forces me to do that yeah, like, it, AI forces you, me to express it, it, it gives like you in the a, real world it gives you a really good reward cycle for actually noting your down your exactly yeah, yeah 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 exactly anyhow like just awesome. like came to me when we yeah. were speaking cool um, uh, so should i do like my other story yeah so do your other story yeah. uh, so this like it also is like a little bit along the lines of just like taking like the imagination arc of um, like what it means to actually train specific so to say ais using specific data and could putting some kind of specific context around it, whether it's like you are this per this type, like you are an expert uh, anthropologist. I don't know, like expert mm. blog writer. Um, we've all seen these prompts, and then um, and then now that it's more easier needs to provide a data set. So this is a story I heard the other like actually yesterday. Um, well, it's uh, was a head of. Um, let's see, I want to. Completely ruin it, like uh, tell who and where it is. Anyhow, it was the like a C level position at a very big and successful growth company, um, and this person had a lot of like uh, expertise within uh, analytics, data, tech, etc., and uh, had been with the company for like I don't know seven eight years, um, and. Then what they did when when they was going to leave, like people in the team were like, this person is really great. Like we don't want to lose this this competence. And then they hacked together some of the devs in his team, and like basically took all of the data they had in the company systems on him, like all his comments in presentations in GitHub in whatever, all the documents he wrote, all the emails he sent, every piece of data they could. Um, uh, get their hands on in in their system of course like, like that's the company data um so there's no violation in, involved and then they uh, did like apparently an afternoon i think they just embedded this data uh, in some kind of vector database mm-hmm. and then um, and then created a chatbot that was basic or used the you know i hosted the open ai i think gpt4 to to say you are name this person <laughs> uh basically they probably had like some more stuff and scary. then and then activated it, yeah. and he could try. And then they started interacting with this um, via. I'm not sure what the medium was. It was like they just put it in a chat interface, or how they did it. Mm. Um, and he apparently tested it himself, and he was like, 
whoa, this is like me. This is me with a difference. Oh, so, it's so, the, so the, the person uh, yeah. could, uh, he tested it himself or herself. Yeah, they showed yeah. it to him. Yeah. They showed it right. to him. Yeah. And, uh, and the, what he said was, first of all, whoa, spooky. Not like, oh, yeah, this is not really me. More like, this is me. Uh, and the second thing was the, um, uh, the difference is this, it doesn't have, uh, have bad days. It has consistently my best quality. Mm -hmm. It's like me on my best. Now I'm paraphrasing, but that's <laughs> what I like. And this came, by the way, secondhand, like the stories didn't yeah. come directly from this person, uh, but, but it was very fresh. Uh, so I mean, could be factual mm. detail errors, but in any case, like with our knowledge, this is definitely possible now, mm. right? Yeah. I mean, we can like, like we could do this pretty quickly if we wanted to, like we spent a week doing this yes. or yeah. half a week for someone. Yeah. And so, and it's sort of a, it's, it's the, it's the business, um, um, plan of a really cynical, uh, startup, AI startup, like replace your, replace any employee leaving your company with, with an AI and, <laughs> and, and like what's going to happen over time is companies that are going to use it to reduce churn and over over time they're not going to replace people as as much when they leave yeah like the, the turnover yeah. is going to turn into employee reduction instead replacement with ais yeah it's also nuts like i don't know like just spinning onto that like i'm not sure like um i mean first of all like you have an issue here with data right uh from from an individual point of view because if I work for a company, the data is theirs. Mm. Like it's in every standard employment contract. Like uh, our company owns our data. Mm. Like actually it does. Um, but still like, is it allowed to train like a replacement for me based on my data? Yeah. Probably today. Yeah, it probably is. Probably, sh I don't know if it should be. Mm. So that's like the first interesting like kind of question that comes from me. And then the second is, it's sort of the, I think we spoke about the Bruce Willis example before. Uh, like, did I say that? That he sold his AI rights? This is like one of yes, the first yes. episodes, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so he could definitely, he could potentially be an uh, infinite actor. He could mm. be, you know, here in 10,000 years. So if, say, I work for a company and, uh, and I'm, or I'm just like, I'm, I'm great at my job. Like, I'm the world's mm. best, whatever, uh, salesperson. Mm. Then, like actually cloning myself, like there could be like in the end, like uh, a thousand people working everywhere. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And of course, like a higher state of that is just the specialized autonomous agents that incorporates all the best mm. that are an amalgamum or whatever you call it of, of all the uh, best people in the profession. Mm. But there's something like, uh, like, I don't know, there's something, uh, very 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 disruptive <laughs> there in like yeah. and like they can be disruptive very quickly yeah so, I don't so know. is that something that? we should start uh, negotiating into our like when when uh, whenever i'm negotiating with a new employer about the employee uh, employee agreement employment agreement uh i'm gonna should i ask for my ai rights like for when you use yeah when you use my content that I produced, um, I want a I want a salary. Even if I if I 
uh, drop out of the company. If you keep using my data, I want to keep 10% of my salary, 20% of my salary, yeah. because yeah. I, I like, I, is that something to negotiate for in the future of AI? Yeah, probably. And like, it's, it's like, and also like data ownership. So it's interesting with like, um, uh, Reddit and all these, uh, guys uh, starting to say basically hey these models can't use our data for free mm. and at some point that has to sort of in some way or has to but should mm. trickle down to the individual right yeah that there is value in my data and mm. of course that will vary from person to person but but there's i mean going in and creating a lot of value and bringing myself table and making someone just like <laughs> copy <laughs> yeah that's that's pretty crazy but, but Rasmus, what i'm uh, what i'm thinking now is like what you said they from your story what they did was they they, they scoured the entire company databases and email systems for this person's data but what we are actually working on with multiply is to allow companies to feed their entire data into one sort of data lake and then build ai agents on top of it and work like efficiently co-creating with AI on top of the company's data. So, but, and, and also we're working on agents that can do that for you. So what happens yeah. instead of an AI agent, if I, if I name the agent Rasmus and tell it, like pretend to be Rasmus, like, is it, is like, we're joking about this, but isn't it in reality what we're actually like it could be, it's not something that you can build on top of the multiply platform. It is, in a sense, what we are building with the multiply platform. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe what's happening is like, because I'm not spooked out by, I always talked about that uh, both last time and the one before. I'm not spooked out by autonomous agents. I think that will be like a huge uh, boost yeah. um, to both our like individual and collective potential. Mm. Um, I think there was just something, but maybe it's just like, because all of a sudden you are like putting a name on it and making it so personal that it's trained <laughs> on only this yes. person's data yeah. that it's like anthropomorphized. No, but, the, and then, the but then it's we like, do that for every employee in the company. And then like, yeah. they are like, they, all, they, all of them are just talking to each other, all the autonomous agents named as us. Mm. And then we can just like turn the light off and go home and the company mm. keeps running. Yeah, and I mean, why is that like, so take this person who say, let's mm. say was a head of something, head mm. of data or something. Like, of course, having 10 great heads of data and putting them together will probably be an even better head of data yeah. agent. Yeah, It's just like, I think there's just like, there was something in that story mm -hmm. that made it so personal. Yeah, You know what I mean? It's not like, okay, yeah, we're going to automate some jobs that are like, not necessary for for people to do and we can do other things mm. there was another like sense of just like automating the person <laughs> that just like i don't know why yeah but i haven't like that, that was one of the only times lately that it has been like oh wow yeah, yeah that's possible now and of course you could just say hey this person left we have trained a head of data that's an ai mm. and and I don't know. I just, I just think it's less. There was something very personal in that story that so sort of does that mean, touched some nerve in me. Does that mean that the next genre of NFTs is going to be like personal data, like all the documents you pr produce, like the entire set <laughs> yeah. of documents for a specific uh, super high end? Uh, I don't know. Yes, let's say like mm. 
head of data like you can you can you can buy or rent a copy of this data for this amount of money and and use it for a training like is that going to really happen now that that data is going to turn into equity yeah i mean maybe i think like i mean you know this stuff as well like at least currently nfts would be very bad suited but but there's i mean actually the vector databases they're pretty efficient right you could probably put that pretty efficiently on some blockchains um which would consist like uh, collect uh, like a person's say or a company's data up for sale but yeah i think it's like this is probably in another episode we're running up in 30 minutes but yeah. i think there's something to dive into with like data ownership mm. and like just finishing like they used to really say data is the new oil yeah. but everyone was like yeah 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 whatever right mm. yeah okay you have a few companies that can do some cool stuff you know facebook can optimize their newsfeed but now like it mm. really really quickly becomes that uh data is it's extremely valuable um unless it's very very widely available so as long as there is private data ownership in some form you know like both for companies and individuals that's going to be hugely valuable uh, like hugely hugely awesome i feel like it's time to round off there uh this has been for me a hilarious episode to record i hope our <laughs> listeners are uh, enjoying it as well and if you have any stories to share in the from the world of AI then as always you can email me and Rasmus at our first names at multiply.co and uh, tune in to the next episode uh, we're going to talk about co-creating with AI and then as well thank you Rasmus great thanks Martin this was fun